Hello again, and welcome to another episode of A Thousand and One by One, where each week we take a film out of the book, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die, discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. My name is Adam St. John. My name is Britt Reinholdt Hobson. And I am Joey Rogate. And today, I almost forgot to introduce the movie. I was just going to wait for somebody else to do it. But today is actually one of the movies that I picked. We will be discussing Le Diabolique by Henri-Georges Clouseau. But just am- an- amazing. I loved it. That was Thank great. You. Thank you. Amazing. I, I'm an actor. Did you know that? Um, what? I, I did. It's yes. crazy. Yeah. 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 We've, we've acted we've, together. We've shared the boards. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shared the boards. I have not heard that. In... Oh. Anyways, before we discuss this very French film, uh, I think we have some film recommends for all of you. So uh, who would like to go first? Oh, I've got some, I've got some trash to recommend. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I love nice. trash. Do it. Yeah. So, um, y- you know, I-, I got done watching this movie and I – and I had such great, you know, I've, I've said this before. I always have such great plans to watch movies that are tangentially related to this one, right? I was going to rewatch The Wages of Fear. I was going to watch Sorcerer, which is based on The Wages of Fear. None of those things came to fruition. But uh, after watching um, The Diabolique, I was like, oh, okay. All right. So I want something that's where there's some some plots to be enacted, some people making some shitty moves, some twists and some turns. And I got to tell you, I went with one of my favorites. And so I am here recommending uh, the John McNaughton film, Wild Things. Um, <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Wild Things starring Matt Dillon, Kevin Bacon, Nev Campbell, and Denise Richards. If you haven't seen this movie, uh, essentially there is uh, a rich family who uh, tries to uh, frame a teacher for uh, sexually molesting the daughter, but you find out that that's not true, and then the next thing is not true, and the next thing is not true, and Bill Murray's in this movie too, and it is full of lies and deceit and and a lot of sex scenes, and there's some alligator stuff too. And it, I Honestly, here's the thing. I am so entertained by this trash. I, I've always been entertained by this trash, and Arrow released a really cool 4K box set of it, and you better know I picked that up. And um, oh, I love hot that! Damn, hot! If listen, if you haven't let wild things into your life, I, I I I cannot strongly push you to watch this movie hard enough. It's like La Diabolique, but like gutter trash version of it. That's yeah. <laughs> It did come up in my research. Nice. Did it really? Yeah, nice. this came up and uh, and Bound, another movie mm. that I considered recommending, but I know that it's already been recommended on this show. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to recommend it. But yeah, both of those movies came up and I was like, yeah, that that tracks. I'm into that. So, Well, there you go. So so my, my recommend officially this week is Wild Things. I love it. I love it. We all love a good trashy recommend. Uh, Joey, yeah, trash is good. What about you? Know, you? I, I had a little trouble with this one because you know anything kind of in the same vein just felt like it was either you know copying or paying respect to. So I want something new. I saw um, it's actually the first director on. I'm, I'm doing twice in this um, new movie Bottoms, directed by Ella Seligman, starring Rachel Senat and uh, you don't want to get this name too wrong. Ayo Edebari. At a beer? I think it's at a um, beer. I saw, 
and a beard, yeah. Um, she's great. It was great. I, I had a ton of fun with it. I don't think when she made this, she expected a 39-year-old guy with two kids to love it, but I did. And um, her movie, you know, I had recommended Shiva Baby with Get Carter. I am fully in on her. It's about a group of high school girls starting a fight club, and it is great. It sounds really fun. I'm looking forward to seeing this one as well. I also love the fact that Marshawn Lynch is I was going to, come on. And he is just fantastic. He also, I read an interview with him where he said that he was going back to write his mistakes when his sister came out. And I was like, damn, Marshawn Lynch, why are you always saying like the most interesting thing possible? Like, oh, I can't wait. It, I'm really excited to see it. I'm glad. I'm glad to know you gave it a glowing recommendation. Nice. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I had so much fun with it, and I it it was not anything what I expected, and I had a goddamn blast. Oh, good. <laughs> That's fun. So we went from trash to not trash. Um, fun movies, uh, and I'm gonna just go with, you know, I I kind of already recommended this movie before because I it's one of my favorites but just with the twists and turns I had to just like I just decided for my film recommendation this week I'm gonna recommend The Handmaiden by Park Chan-wook oh that's amazing it's I feel like this would be such a good double feature with La Diabolique and just watch it it's great I don't even want to say anything about it if you want to hear about it go listen to our uh, introduction episode but it's available on Prime, so if you have Prime, there's no reason not to. If you have three hours to dedicate to watching a, <laughs> an awesome South Korean film, please do. So I'm going to recommend The Handmaiden. Well, and and I, Handmaiden either is or was in the book, so it's not like there it's, isn't... It's no longer in the oh, book. Okay, okay, okay. Oof. But it doesn't mean it's off the table for us, so... I actually had it in my list of to-dos for next season, but I decided to take it out because I already did a Park Chan-wook movie, mm, so I figured gotcha. that would be too similar, unfortunately. But at some point, we'll probably talk about it, and I can't wait. <laughs> All right, friends. Are we excited to hear me try to pronounce French names? Uh, I am. I, uh, very. Oh. Very. I'm sure my uh, sister's ears are going to be just bleeding after this. Uh, She took French in high school. I did not. So here we are with Le Diabolique from 1954 or 1955, kind of depending on who says what. The cast and crew. This was directed by Henri-Georges Clouseau. The screenplay was by Clouseau and Jérôme Jérôme Nimi. Um, this uh, this was based on a book that I did not read uh, called She Who Was No More and that's because I was reading another big book for something different by a big book I mean a lot of books um, it was produced by Clouseau and Georges Lourau the cinematography was Armand Tirard it was edited by Madeleine Gouche, and the music, the very small amount of music used in this uh, movie, was by Georges Van Paris. It's starring Simone Signoret as Nicole, Vera Clouseau as Christina, Paul Murice as Michel, and Charles Vanel as Alfred Fichet. Did I miss anyone? There aren't very many people in this, and I didn't want to do all the small side characters. I, you did great. Yeah, I think I You're think yeah, right you now. hit the you hit the main ones. Yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, you know, there's the couple that I do like. 
the the two teachers that I don't like, but oh God, it seemed really stressful saying all those names. So I do apologize. No, I think I say stick with that. Perfect. Perfect. All right. We'll move on to uh, accolades and awards. So this movie got a couple of, of awards that I could find. It was up for some, but it did win the in 1954, the Louis de Luc Prize for Best Film. And this is a French film award presented annually since 1937. And it uh, is bestowed on the best film and the best first film each year. And the, the award was created in 1937. Anyways, I just didn't know anything about it and I thought that was interesting. In 1955, the New York Film Critics Circle Awards gave it the best foreign film. And in 1956, the Edgar Allan Poe Awards gave it the best foreign film, which was particularly interesting to me that the Edgar Allan Poe Awards were giving out film awards because it's usually like novels and novellas and everything. Fun fact, this award was discontinued in 1966, but they did continue to give out a best screenplay award. The last time they gave that out was in 2009, and the last recipient was uh, in Bruges. Hey. Wow. I like Which that. I thought there everyone would enjoy. Yes, I enjoyed that. Amazing. So does anybody have any uh, any reviews they'd like to discuss at this point in time? Only because it's funny to me. I got I to gotta bring up our, 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 our old boy. Hi, the old boy. Um, Bosley Crowther. Um only because I, I there's part of hit the first pair. I'm not going to read more than the first paragraph, but it's a reason to do his weird voice that I do every time. But there's a there's a particular line that I love. So he goes, "It is easy to see why the distribution of H. G. Clouseau's French film Diabolique, which opened last night at the Fine Art uh, at the Fine Arts with a benefit premiere for the Herald Tribune Fresh Air Fund, are earnestly asking audiences not to reveal how it ends, for this is one of the dandiest mystery dramas that has sh- that has been shown here in goodness knows when. To tell anybody the surprise that explodes like a shotgun blast in the last reel is a crime that should be punishable by consigning of the culprit to an endless diet of grade B films. Hot damn, Bosley. I think he enjoyed the movie. I think he uh, (laughs) he did too. I think so. Even with all the females. Crazy. That's a thing. That's a thing. Yes. Yeah. I actually have in my notes, uh, I'm going to assume that our friend Bosley Crowther will be mentioned here by Adam, so I'll leave that review to him. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yeah, that you could just count on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I assume that I'll probably get mad uh, at something that he says, but actually that was just kind of fun. Like When I read dandiest mystery dramas that has been shown here in goodness knows when, I was like, well, I got to read that. That has to be right? something that I it's just too. It's just too pleasant. Um, I, I did find Ebert's review from like 1995, which was, um, it was, it was actually great and interesting. And I think that the most interesting part of it is, um, is what I'm about to read right now. This movie has fun with the usual whodunit details, the split second timetables and the sleepy old guard who must open the gates to let anyone in or out of the school grounds. The inspector also amuses himself by reconstructing timetables and quizzing a a small student who seems to see and hear impossible things. Then comes the ending, inspired by Gaslight, in which a woman is either going mad or nothing is as it seems. Diabolique is so well constructed that even today uh, it works on its intended level up until, say, the last 30 seconds. And I, you know, I, I, I have some issues with the detective, but I also feel like that's very true, where everything works really well until those last, like, 
until the last couple minutes of the film. But we will definitely get into that at some point going forward. All right. Um, I think it's kind of a moot point to ask if this was um, inducted into the National Film Registry, considering that it is a, um, a French film. But do you know what else was not inducted into the National Film Registry? What else was not? <laughs> That's a, that feels like a big question. I... Yeah. Um, the 1996 uh, Diabolique starring Sharon Stone. Oh, it, yes. It's not in the National Film Registry. Uh, it's currently on Tubi. I did watch it. I do not recommend it. But Sharon Stone is giving a lot of camp uh, if you choose to subject yourself to this mess of a remake. It's so bad. I, I, I don't know that I will. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to. It looked terrible. It was so bad. I just put it on while I was working today because I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I'll have this going in the background. And I feel like I was looking forward to the ad breaks on Tubi. Uh, because then I knew the movie wouldn't be going. It was, oh God, there were some bad costume choices too. That's a, that's amazing. All right. So next, um, hey, Adam, Joey, do you guys think that this movie is on the IMDb top 250? Uh, I'm going to say no. I, I don't. I think, uh, to quote our friend Joey, I think the film nerds on IMDb uh, aren't aren't uh, up uh, to uh, up. They're not aware of of this film, uh, so I'm gonna go with no as well. Yeah, it should be, but the dorks will ruin it for the rest of us. You are absolutely correct. It is not on the list, which honestly I was a little bit surprised by because I feel like this is a pretty lauded film. But then I looked through and went, oh, yeah, you know, Joker is currently still at 80. So, of course, this would not be on there. I think it's um, down one spot. I think I thought it was it 79 on? when we did. Uh, what was the last? On piano. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Do you know what is on either side of Joker right now? <laughs> it's Avengers Endgame and Princess Mononoke. Just weird all around. Oh, wow. That's God. God bless the IMDb Top 250. That's it's it is a constant just enigma to me the the imdb top 250 it truly is but hey all right so i guess um that's it and we can oh wait i'm just kidding do you guys like lists i was like what list is she gonna make us do halfway through (laughs) (laughs) oh i would love to do that but no that didn't quite work for this one lists are great i love them love them big list guy um, I don't, and we all know that, but I did find this list on Taste of Cinema that I enjoyed, and I was kind of curious which films, if any, you guys had seen on this list. Oh. I've only seen one other, um, other than Le Diabolique, so let's uh, get into it. This is Taste of Cinema's 10 Movie Masterpieces You've Probably Never Seen. Oh, Okay. Oh, I like that. uh, I found it very intriguing. At number 10, we have 1973's Belladonna of Sadness, which is the only other thing I've seen on this list. Uh, I actually watched it for our Hickson episode, but never ended up talking about it. I don't know that one. Yeah, me neither. I don't think I can recommend it, to be perfectly honest. Um, 
uh, eh, it's problematic, but it's incredibly beautiful and uh, just a psychedelic animation. So if that's oh, something cool. you're into, go go for it and just do a little research about what it's about. Uh, at number nine, we have Bad Timing from 1980. Nope. 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 Never heard of it. We have 1998's Velvet Goldmine, which I have meant to watch a million times and just never got around to it. I have heard of this one. Haven't seen it. No, me neither. 1980's Permanent Vacation. Fuck. No, I, haven't, I don't know this one either. Uh, right? Yeah, there wow. are so many that I'm like, what is this? Um... At nine, uh, we have 1972's Lucifer Rising at six. This is one I have heard of. Fuck. I've heard of this one, but I've never seen it. Right? I know. I was pretty impressed with this list, to be perfectly honest. I was like, guess I have to add a few things on. At number five, we have The Girls of Rockfort from 1967, which apparently is a part of a, an informal romantic trilogy. Is that, does, do you have the director listed there? Is that Agnes Varda? Yeah. It's Jacques Demi. Oh, Demi, that, her husband. Okay, okay. Yep, yep. I've heard of that one. Haven't seen it. Yep, yep. At number four, we have the lovely Le Diabolique okay. from 1955. Seen yeah. it. Boom. <laughs> Boom. One down. Uh, at number three, we have 1988's On the Silver Globe, which I had never heard of. But it is from the same Polish director, uh, Andrzej Zulowski, who did Possession, which I recommended in the last episode. That's true. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Fuck number two. I wanted to get get one of these. This sucks. (laughs) You might might get the next two. Who knows? At number two, we have The American Friend from 1977, which is uh, by Wim Wenders, who did Paris, Texas. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. And then at number one, we have 1970s, 1974's Celine and Julie Go Boating. Oh, fuck me. I Well, that's even worse because I own that fucking movie and I haven't seen it. So great. <laughs> you own a lot of great. movies. I that's mean, amazing. How many movies do you own? Do you know? It's right around 3,000. I actually don't know specifically the number. Whoa. But I know that it is it is very close to that number. I think wow. I own 20. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Three thousand. Yeah. Should I have not said that? <laughs> no, that's amazing. I'm envious. I do obviously don't have the space for that. Um, but that's whoa. I was thinking. I don't know that you were gonna say five hundred or something. Oh no, it's bad. It's it's a lot. It's <laughs> not bad. You're trying to um, you're you're trying to ensure the. Uh, Ensure that these films live on, right? I am doing my best. Yeah. Yes. yes. Just doing your best. <laughs> All right. And that was my 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 list that I found and actually really enjoyed, even though I don't like lists. Well, there you go. Yeah. So I guess we can now get into get into the film discussion of Le Diabolique, but I would like to put a disclaimer out there because Clouseau did ask that we not give away the end of the film. So if you are listening to this episode, Aaron Reinholtz, um, (laughs) I beg of you to please pause this episode, watch Le Diabolique, it's currently on YouTube, and then come back to this wonderful discussion. Currently on YouTube, and also a wonderful restoration 
that the Criterion Collection. I watched a little bit of the one that was on YouTube, and I was like, "Oh my god, oh, that it's is bad. horrendous." <laughs> uh, it's bad, but if you don't have Max or don't have you know that, yes, yes, right. Yeah, I watched it on Max. Me too. Max. There you go. Yes, Max. So, uh, the plot of La Diabolique. Um, we obviously are going to go into spoilers here, but as per usual, I'll just give a little bit of what happens in the film, and then we'll just get right into the discussions of, the, of this movie. So, at a decrepit old boarding school in France, Christina and Nicole conspire to murder Christina's abusive husband, who also happens to be Nicole's lover. They lure him to Nicole's apartment away from school, drown him in a bathtub, and dump his body in a slimy pool on the school grounds in hopes that his death will look like an accidental drowning. Instead, the body disappears. Boom. Yeah. That's it. Well, first thoughts of this film. Is there anything either of you would like to say right away? Yeah, this movie is fucking awesome. And I am sad it took me this long to see it. I loved it so much. And I, it was just so, it was so good. It got me, it got me in the whole time. Okay, I have a question because before I saw it the first time, the ending was spoiled for me. So I never had an opportunity to see it without knowing that ending. That sucks. What asshole, what asshole broke the rule? Oh, I, I accidentally read about it in some film thing that I was, I was reading. So, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it, it was God my damn own the fault. internet. Fucking. Yeah, it, it was like I was, I was reading about, oh God, I can't, I don't even know what it was, but it definitely got spoiled for me. Um, so I went into it knowing the ending and I still think it works. I still, the first, I remember the first time I watched it thinking this is a damn good movie. So, so what, did you not know the ending, Joey? No, no, I tried not to. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't either. (gasps) I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous of both of you because I can only imagine what that bathtub scene would be like, because I think it's fucking scary now. I mean, we can't we can't get right to that scene, can we? Because no, I mean, we can't. Okay, no, okay, all right. no, no, I was like, but... oh man, unlikely friends murdering guys. This is great. And then... I, well, and that's okay. So, so I think the big thing to start with, at least from from where I'm sitting, is I'm in from the concept given at the beginning, right? Me too. Wife and mistress, without question, getting together because we're gonna kill this piece of shit. Like, yeah. And the unlikely in. pairing, I'm like, yeah. I'm in. I'm into the story. I'll just right from the beginning. It's very interesting because again, I didn't read the book because I'm in the middle of another series, but I did want to find out the differences between the book and the movie. So we're still going to have my little uh, literary corner. But in the original story, it's about a man kill and his mistress killing his wife in order to collect an insurance of two million francs on her. They drown her and dump her body in the river, but then when he's supposed to find the body, it's it's gone. He has a heart condition, and it, it's all about basically the wife and the mistress having an affair, murdering him, and then getting away with it. So um, when Clouseau bought the rights to this film, he swapped the genders because he wanted to give Vera Clouseau a, a really sizable role, but she was not fit to play... Uh, Nicole's character, which I I have to agree, I think she would have been Correct. sorely miscast. Um, I, I I can't even imagine that because Simone is just so incredible in this film. But um, but he decided to swap that because he wanted to give her a bigger role, <laughs> which is like yeah, I mean, I guess 
give your wife the role you want to give. I mean, look at Mike Flanagan. He gives oh, his wife I, every role I was going to go with the Coens. I mean, how many great roles has Frances McDormand gotten to play? I mean, that's so true, too. Some and, people just really and, like working with their wives, and, and I'm that's not, fine. And you know what? When they're this good, yeah. do it up. Yeah. Because I want Vera, I wish Vera didn't have the same issue nine years later, because she was great. Yeah, that's uh, so eerie. Like, um, But yeah, this movie, I, I didn't really know anything about it going in, I purposely, and I was so far in so quickly, I took like zero notes. I had, I had to do a second watch just to write anything down. I love that first, the beginning of the movie um, and the end of the movie are the most masterful for me. I think the middle gets a little bit bogged down um, with just too many characters, too many, uh, too many cuts to the the two teachers that are just like making conversation and being kind of silly. I just, I don't think we need any of that because the, the, the two female leads are so strong in this movie. Um, but the beginning 30 to 45 minutes where they're planning and executing this murder and then the ending where uh, you're, you think he's, he, it's his ghost potentially going through this school, which they're perfect. They're so good. Almost no notes until the very, very end when the detective come back, comes back. Yeah. I, I had a note and I, I, cause I was going through, I took my, my youngest to dance today and I was, and I, and, but I can't, you know, you gotta wait outside. So I'm. I have my laptop and I'm going through my notes and I'm trying to compile thoughts and, and, and what I want to say. And I, I, I have notes. I go, I go, their plan is really good. Right. Like, and, and I think, and again, I, I, you know, it's why I like Hitchcock. It's why I like Fincher films. It's why it, there's a certain kind of movie that I like. Yeah. And so watching them sort of execute the plan and, and, and obviously um, uh, Christina is like, you know, she's, She's apprehensive, you know, because there's certain things that like she's kind of, you know, she hems and haws, but ultimately she's she's a she's a part of it. But it's it's all of the specifics, right? It's it's um, it's Nicole going upstairs, buying the alibi with the neighbors, and and bringing the the box and and all, like all that's so great. But then I had another note where I'm like, oh, well, the other plan is really really great because and and you know, spoiler territory, but like. The the long con of the husband and the mistress Brilliant. getting them getting playing into the heart condition. I mean, talk and I, I this is gonna sound so fucked up, but talk about the patience and dedication to making that plan happen. That is that is some deep heartless, but like heartless but all brain shit right there. That's wow. Yeah, they were motivated for the money, and they made sure they did everything they could to, except you know, check, check for the retired commissions. But the plan was so good, and I, like Christina, is might be the greatest strategist in the world. Uh, not Christina, I'm sorry. Um, Nicole. Nicole. Yeah. Nicole might be the greatest strategist in the world. Like this was amazing on so many levels. Simone Signore is so incredible in this film I I think that she and Vera Clouseau work really really well together um even if they weren't on speaking terms by the end of this uh 
which we'll get into in a little bit, but um, I find their relationship so complicated and and tense. And there's this realistic antagonism in their conversations that I think comes from un un comes from a relationship with somebody that's somewhat toxic but necessary and they they love and hate each other at the same time right and it's really wonderful but I just there's something about and I think both women are are very good in this movie but if we did not have Simone Signore I don't think it would work I think that she's for me, she's the reason why this movie is so incredible. And if they had had anybody else, it it would not be at the level that it is. And, and I think a, a really good con- tie-in and comparison to make there, and be- because when you do the research on this movie, uh, the, the name Alfred Hitchcock comes up and the movie Vertigo comes up. And I would all and and just to make the same claim, like Kim Novak to me is why Vertigo is as good as it is. Jimmy Stewart's yeah. fine, but Kim Novak elevates the movie, and I I'm on board a hundred percent. Vera Cluso is great, and I want to get the name of the shit bag right here. Uh, Paul, whatever Maurice, but like Maurice, but, but Simone Signore is is like she's it's like. You know, you know, in, in, like in movies like these, there's a couple of scenes, and, and and it's a it's a product of the time where like Vera Cluzo has to do like the wide eyed side look where she's like, oh, I almost got caught, and I get that it's a product of the character, but like Simone Signore is so fucking cool, like you are gonna crack me for shit, and I it's just she is captivating every second she is on screen. My absolute favorite moment that she's on screen is when um when. When they've just they've just murdered um murdered Michelle and uh and Vera is a wilting flower and has to it goes, Oh my heart and um kind of just like falls into the bed and she's supposed to be getting the tablecloth for Nicole and Nicole comes out, grabs the tablecloth and the shade that she is throwing at oh, yeah. her as she goes back to finish the dirty work is probably my favorite moment in like all of cinema that shade is beautiful and I, I i do think it was that moment that i was like you might be my favorite person that's ever been on screen right now like i'll do everything yes exactly it was so realistic and just oh god incre- she's just incredible well and everything about her and and it's so realistic but it's also like right it's like that and i what i love that the movie obviously doesn't show is any of of the down moments for her where she's She's not around Christina and where she can kind of breathe. But like at that moment, you know, cause like, cause, cause Cree um, she's so at that point she is her, her heart's kind of overtaking her and she, she needs to lay down. I'm not even sure Christina would remember this moment exactly. But the fact that in a real way, Nicole is so in character in this, as, as friend, an accomplice in this murder that she is throwing that shade at her. It's like right. just so in the moment. It's got it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's yeah. Uh, uh, on the second watch, that scene really got me because knowing what's actually going on, that she needs Christina to be kind of useless in this moment, but she still throws it at her is so good. Just a full commitment to the sociopathic bit. I love that opening. I, I it's not the opening, but the first forty five minutes. It's so yeah. tight. It's so it's the plan. Just, it the is, plan and the outcome. Yeah, it's great. It, the setup to that murder 
incredible. The setup is incredible. And then getting him in this huge wicker basket that I would love to have in my own home just to be like, yeah, this is really useful. You can put a full body in it and lugging it back in the car. Everything about that is just chef's kiss perfect well and i love i love the the like the the not actual conversation happening between film masters because obviously clouseau is playing a little bit with hitchcock's rope at that moment the body is in the thing and nobody can discover it so that's so that's there too just i i gotta be honest with you too the last five minutes of our conversation has made me rethink a thing i was going to just bring up because i was gonna say this movie has some of those um almost got caught tropes that I sometimes annoy me in movies like this. And, and particularly it's the moment where they stop for gas and there's the drunk soldier pitching right. a ride. And I'm like, and I, I, I don't like it in movies because you know, there's too much movie left for them to be caught. Right. So yeah. it's, it, to me, it's sure. like, okay, can we, we get it. We get it. They almost got caught. It's not a prison movie. They're not going to get caught. But, but having just talked about uh, the performance of Nicole, in, in that moment what's so great is that two things are happening right we have christina who is afraid that the her murdered husband is going to be discovered but we have nicole who's afraid that the very alive man in the back of the car is going to be discovered and and i i honestly i quite honestly did not put that thought together until right this moment and now i don't mind that moment so much because obviously there are multiple things happening when that's going on and that's, you know, this movie, I think that's why it works so well, knowing what happens at the end, because then everything you're watching under the view of two people having very different anxieties about it all, and everything is just endlessly fascinating. I think uh, my favorite line of the whole of the whole movie was um, when uh, Simone Signore says like, oh, I was scared at least four times. And I just thought, damn, you admitted that because, girl, you are so like just she she's unflappable she absolutely feels unflappable and she was so committed to this very long con it was it is impressive and it's actually upsetting because of course you know I have to bring up that Clouseau was kind of one of those problematic directors that uh that was really antagonistic and he would scream at her on set because he told her the ending and thought that she was playing it wrong and would say like you're ruining my movie I should have never let you read the end of this um also didn't pay her for all of her uh, he, she was hired for eight weeks ended up yeah, being that 16. story is nuts yeah. didn't pay her for that um so you know Clouseau did everything in his power to kind of undermine Nicole and to undermine Simone's like performance he even lit his wife really well and then would purposefully try to not light her in order uh, Simone in order to make sure she didn't upstage uh, Vera because he wanted Vera to be the star and she still freaking takes it she still is just my favorite thing in this whole film and it's so funny and obviously we we know we're we're decades past this but like yeah. but like it's funny because I think both th- I think I think Vera is the star Vera is is unquestionably the star of the movie in terms of like yeah the, you know the focal course. point all that stuff. oh yeah but like Simone Signore, not only does she steal every scene, but like you can't, it's like, what? what is, uh, I feel like it's like the way that Joey talks about Paul Newman, like you can't light her poorly. Like she just radiates off the screen. Yeah. You could put her in the fucking darkness and we'd still see right. it. Like it's just. It's absurd. Yeah. She, I totally 100% agree with that. I just think 
Oh, she's just so good. I'm so glad you both agree with that because she's she was she is my my highlight of the film every well, time. Well, and and I'm glad you mentioned Clouseau because so there, there was there was two things I want to bring up. So one is that and I wanted to ask you both this question: if you if you have seen The Wages of Fear, I haven't. It's been a while, but I have. So so and I did. I really fucking really wanted to rewatch it i didn't get to but I, like the glowing review if you go back way 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 deep into the archives of the show we covered it and uh just glowing recommends but it also it builds tension in a very good way just like this movie does too but i you know i read the the essay that came with the cry the criterion collection and th- the thing about clouseau that i think is interesting that i didn't think about when i was doing whoa whoa what happened we, we can, can see, see you. you i don't know oh, i fixed it <laughs> <laughs> woo woo. I'm so, I've been chatting with the geek squad while we've been talking. I'm so oh, tempted perfect. to keep all of this in because I think you should. it was such a great Please, this is amazing. to see you. Aw, we can see your face. <laughs> see oh, guys, see and hear you. I'm so you. happy. I was so unhappy. <laughs> I was so unhappy not seeing yeah, I was like we're finally going to use the video, and I'm going to be sitting in the left like a fucking jabron. If I if I use the video, it would only be just because like it was ridiculous. The reaction. <laughs> oh my god. No, but we need the reaction of you guys seeing me and ah. Oh, oh one day I didn't wow. put any makeup on for uh, for the podcast. Perfect. I've also me I, listen, I've also shown uh, zero clips at all, so I, I wouldn't worry too much about this being this is, the one. This would actually be a great clip, though. So yeah, you use should. all the clips. I know, look a little I shiny today. You know what I don't mm. have a lot of uh, is time. Uh, uh, mm. My time is is very well, very limited these days. What? Yeah. What? I know, man. Ridiculous. It's, it's, time is like I, I spend time at work. Today at work, I only worked a half day today because. Um, nice. My son started first, he's had his like first full day at like nursery school. So we took, so me and my wife both took a half day. We took him, picked him up, took him out to breakfast. When I went to lunch, I took my podcast. When I got, went to work, I took my podcast. I was like, I'm only going for half day. I'll be able to like get some, get some pod work in. I came home. My wife was like, did you? I was like, no. And she started like, like, of course you didn't. (laughs) And I was like, but this is what I want to spend my time on. Yes, I hear you. It's what I want to spend my time on too. Instead of doing proposals. Yeah, but I derailed us. But um, here's here's where I so uh, talking about uh, wages. I was actually talking about um, a friend of the pot age records about it because we were going back and forth on those earlier. So because it's been a while, I also wanted to get to a rewatch, but I, I just didn't. I, I just remember like the dip, my biggest thing with those. If I'm like trying to like put one and two, is that wages felt a little bit longer than it needed. It, to be. it is. I mean, it's like a, it's just shy of two and a half hours and it doesn't it doesn't need to be i, I agree right I agree. and and i don't i don't have an issue with length but as long as it needs to be and like this was i this was so perfectly paced even if there was too many characters it's everything moved like nothing kind of felt muddled where wages felt like all right we could we could have knocked like 10 15 minutes off this and now it's probably way better yeah and that's my like big because it's a great movie too, but that that's kind of my big fight on it. Well, and, the, and just and then the other thing I wanted to mention with Clouseau um, is that he was he was I don't know if the if mocked or just uh, disregarded is the right word, but the so the French New Wave, you know, you've got like Godard and Truffaut, and they didn't they didn't see him as a part of their world, but you know Clouseau wasn't he also wasn't Jean Renoir, you know, he wasn't doing these kind of 
classic French films. And so he was Clouseau was kind of in a in a, a weird boat by himself. Like and and I read that at one point he was actually banned from making movies. That's a that's nuts. Well, one of the things that I learned and I couldn't find enough information about this, so I wasn't sure if I was really going to talk about it. Um, but he was accused of being a Nazi sympathizer for his entire life. He did work for Continental Films, which was a, a Nazi-run film company in occupied France. And he received grants and funding for his films from places like that. And there are sources that have said that... He while he and Vera Cluzo were not Nazi sympathizers, they were extremely neutral during World War II, and they used that to their advantage for their film company. And that's one of the big reasons why people, why he was banned. Well, that's, he was banned because of, of um, working for Continental Films. And, um, and that's also one of the reasons why people were, shunned him. Yeah. Well, and, and which yeah right. it, no, exactly like, honestly exactly. i'm yeah. like okay i can understand that like it's like a heart that's a bad neutral stance. yeah that's like, a bad neutral space I'm gonna ride the fence of gonna ride genocide the fence and use this money um for uh vero productions or whatever you called it he did name his production company after his wife which i think is pretty nice like he obviously well loved her she very much. seems great so i <laughs> I blame all Nazis sympathizing on him, and I'm sure she was home. She was like, listen, clearly this is terrible. And he was like, but we're making money. And she, and that's why, that's why she died but young. But I named my company after you. <laughs> I named my company after you, my love. Um, my, wow, my French accent's so good. And she's There's like, you're right. You're right. Go Nazis. Yeah. Go yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's that. the clip we should use. I cut that. No. <laughs> If anybody believes it, uh, that, then you're fucking right, crazy. So. Right. Then <laughs> right. I don't know. But what that's to say. why she died young because he killed her with stressing <laughs> her out to stay. All he had, all she was like, no, because I refuse to believe that Vera was neutral because, based off nothing else but this hour and forty minutes I stood with her, she is great person. Well, I, I, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I do know that she's actually extremely involved in the company. She was, she used to help write things with him. Um, she was the one who suggested uh, the uh, the the book that this is based on, and um, so I think she probably great had taste. more of a she, great, taste, great taste, other than you know the the neutrality during World War Two. Um, it was all him manipulating. <laughs> wow, you are so on Vera's like Vera's side right now. That's this is not something I anticipated. I, but I feel you like know what? Jo Joey's bandwagon is usually the negative. Like it's usually like this person sucks. I, I like I, so. this is this is a new this is a new ship that you're on. Usually, I trend to wanting to like you know I've said on too many podcasts, people I want to super kick. So like I, I, I really have to give somebody like. A, yeah, um, I mean, dro like drop kicks ne the next fucking level. Song Kang Ho kick that fucking yeah, right, that, that's great. <laughs> I'd like to Song Kang Ho kick Cluzo uh, myself, but that's yeah, he deserves all the kicks. He deserves. Did like, you guys super... read about what he did to uh, Brigitte Bardot? Yes, <laughs> I, I knew you'd have that, so I, I was like, I was like, I'm not even writing this down. Yeah, that he gave her sleeping pills, uh, telling her it was aspirin so that he could get her sleeping and drooling in a scene. And then um, she had to get her stomach pumped. That's really um, great. It's not neutral, I'll tell you that. No. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no well, real, there's, might be. there's no defense of that one. 
No, no, no there's n- there's no defense for a lot of the things that he did during this production as well. Um, and that the made payment it- was brutal because that seems that was like clearly like listen, I know he did like worse ethical shit like personal, but like that was clearly just a fu manipulation of assist like and just refusing to give like it's just a full on like bad guy move. It's terrible. It's just ugh, it, it makes me sick to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and because, again, there's other stuff, the way he treats, like, you know, whatever. But, like, that stuff, that that's just, like, oof, what the fuck? Agreed. I, uh, so when I, when you, when you pick this, film brit like i i so i, I had this and i and i and I, was, I was obviously giddy to watch it because any excuse to watch something that i own that i haven't seen i'm like oh good that wasn't a waste of money um but i so clear i didn't know what the translation was uh which i guess translates to the devils which i think is such a great title for this movie and i went through some ebbs and flows because at first i'm like okay all, all right so they're, they're, they're plotting a death. That isn't a good thing. So that's not good. But then, then all three of them are the devils because, you know, well, obviously the guy's a piece of shit, but they're planning to murder. So nope, no, we all, they all got some sins working against them at the moment. But then, and then I got, I got mad actually at one point in the middle where I'm like, wait a minute, are, is it, is it because it's plural? So I was thinking like, are, are we saying the women are the devils? And then I was like, well, then I was mad but then we get to the end of the movie. I'm like, oh shit, those, though, they, they were the They're devils. real devils. And then I was like, I, and then again, so there's just like things that ebbed and flowed through the movie. And again, this was another movie that I watched by myself. And I was like, and I looked over to where Melissa usually sits on the couch. I was like, God damn it. Why weren't you fucking watching this with me? And I, I was very upset. Same exact thing. I was like, I need to discuss this now, yeah. not in two days. <laughs> I really wanted to watch this with with Neil, but I ended up watching it when he wasn't home because it, I just needed to get it. Get, you know, I was like, I got, I gotta watch this film at least twice. So, so we got to do it now. But I think he would have gotten a kick out of it too because it is a. I, I think that when it comes to not only like it's a black and white film, it is a foreign film, and both of those things can be really polarizing for people. They don't want to watch something that's older, that's black and white and that you have to read subtitles. Honestly, this film, though, is one of those movies that I think could be a gateway to so many of these different different things, to the older classics, to foreign cinema, to black and white cinema. It's, it is a film that I think most people would be able to watch and find something that they enjoy about it. Right, I thought the same thing watching it. I was like, "This is when people like, oh, I've never, I, I, oh, I can't do subtitles. Like, this is the movie to tell people to watch because it's so great and engaging. So off the bat, you don't even remember you're reading. You're just in it, and it's so it does everything. It looks great. It's yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I had the same exact thought. I was like, man, when people complain about black and white or foreign movie, like this is where I'm gonna and, go. And just I just I mean seriously, just just taking those thoughts and going with it. I. It, there were so there was so much shadow play with the black and white cinematography that it was really easy it was easy to think okay it has real film noir elements but and and there are there are certain people and i i would even say that i'm one of them where i hear i hear film noir and i go 
there's like <laughs> this isn't true. There's there's like four good film noir films, and everything else is just kind of a eh, lesser version. I don't think this is film noir, but this is also like I, I would be like, okay, if film noir has sort of like soured your taste, you've got this one, which takes it like a little further. Um, yeah. And so it's also like, yeah, black and white and foreign and an old film, but like it's, it's, it's the kind of the great bridging of a lot of things. Like, and this is, and I, and I hate to sound so like film bro, but I would, I would talk to anybody, but like, listen, do you like David Fincher movies? You do? Then fucking sit down and watch this 100%. because you are going to, this is in that wheelhouse. If you like a movie like that, you are going to like this movie. Absolutely. I, I was I was reading like the Wikipedia page for this and it and it talked about like influences and it listed like six movies. I was like, yeah, this list should have been thirty times as long because the amount of movies like this has influenced everything. Anyone who's ever made a movie with you know an unclear ending and just subtlety, like just so much of what happened, like Fincher was definitely someone I thought about. Like I could just imagine Fincher watching this as he's trying, and, and it's. It's so accessible while seemingly not. And um, just everything it does, like Adam, you're, everything about the title you said is perfect. And it, everything it does, everything matters the right way. Not in some like, you know, pretentious way. Everything matters because when it pays off, you rethink everything. Then you rewatch it with a new lens and it's perfect and better. I mean, it's unbelievable. It is one of those movies that I feel like once you know the twist of something, for the most part, there's no real reason to rewatch the movie because it it's not going to have the same effect. I don't think that's true about this movie. I think that rewatching this movie actually enriches the experience because there are so many different things that you catch. And it's so just beautiful to look at. If nothing else, this is a gorgeous film the lighting is perfect the like cinematography is perfect the shots are so well put together I'm thinking of um when she looks out of her window and she's watching like a light turn on a shadow in front of the window then it turns off light in the next room turn on shadow in front of the window and turn off and that could have been a really boring dumb like really uninspired shot but it is so evocative in the moment in that last 15 minutes of the film that I'm still in it and I still get excited when I see that because I think oh maybe this time Michelle is a ghost he's he's not um but there's spoilers uh but it's still evocative um this the second or third or fourth time around in my opinion I'll just I'll Armand Therard is my uh unsung hero the cinematographer um uh, I, and and this is I'm 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 stealing the first reference, but I'm then I'm gonna own the second thing. So um, I was watching this uh, my, one of my favorite YouTube channels is called Cinefix, and they and they they talked about this one shot um, from Taxi Driver where um, De Niro was trying to call and apologize to the Sybil Shepherd character on a payphone about taking her to a porn theater, and then at one point the camera like. It's on him on the self, uh, on the payphone, but the camera just moves away at some point and just looks down the hallway because, in a way, the camera is like, "Dude, I've given up. Like this conversation is going nowhere, so I've given up on you." Um, and so, there's great. Mo- I always like it in in movies where the camera almost becomes a character, and there's a particular. And my favorite shot of the of the movie, it's uh, 
it's like the end of that first day that we meet everybody and um Michelle and Christina are like having an argument and the camera is way far back and he like kind of forces her into the I think it's the bathroom the camera just staying back the entire time it's as if the camera's going like I'm not going to get involved in this and it is such a another director might have done a close-up or a weird cut or something and it just lingers and it just stays and as hard as that shot is it was so effective that I I kind of paused for a second because I, I realized time had gone by the movie was playing but I wasn't watching it you know what I mean like I right. I, I was just like whoa um that 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 scene really fucking hit me um so and also just I just want to double play the um just how great that shot looked so I'm the DP giving the DP some love that that shot I, I at different times I wrote down like 400 shots I think I just kept Same. writing shots but that shot I was visibly uncomfortable waiting like just sitting in it and like you said a lesser person is cutting and we're in the bathroom and it's just cutting back and forth there's no it's it's or yeah it's or just, it's you know it's your tip over the shoulder of both of them yep. and, and and there's a close up or something and it it breaks the tension and and just like be like feeling like the wallpaper in the room just watching it was just and like what watching something you're not supposed and, to see and being somewhere you're not supposed to be and, and then again have to live yeah it. and 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 the the what i feel like is the blatant choice because then it's like yeah this fucker needs to die that's this guy needs to be killed yeah on that point i was like i will come back you know not it's just it's it's not feeding the kids it's bullying into rotten fish and then the no scene i was like you motherfucker i will go back in time and i will take you down in a way that scene is making us also culpable of um watching and not doing anything because we weren't invited in to see what happened so we were the party on the outside going something's happening but i don't know how to fix it and i don't know what's happening so it's an interesting commentary on um on domestic violence in general uh, and it also is very manipulative in show, making us want Michelle to die because we're like, we don't know what happened, but we know it was really We know what bad, happened. You know, and I think that is, um, it, it, this is one of my favorite, uh, so far, like, this is one of my favorite, like, films, the way that it's shot. Like, the cinematography is so perfect. And it, as you said, Adam, it is a character in this movie. It is so necessary. And just, I'm even thinking of... Um, of like in the murder, which is like, I mean, I'll just say like, if we could say that the murder uh, is my favorite scene, my favorite scene is just the first murder. It's just so, so good going in and out. But when Vera comes out and is just like on the bed, they never go back in with her because we're with her. And it's such a clever way to hide the fact that she's letting him breathe and not actually killing him, but also keeping us with the story. So we don't even think about the fact that, oh, we didn't actually see him die. We didn't actually like verify his death. You know, we just really trusting Nicole, really trusting Nicole and that huge statue of what a horse. It was like a horse. I thought it was a lion. It might be a lion. It is a big. It is big. A big animal. <laughs> big animal. Um. Well, and you mentioned the trusting Nicole, and I think it, we get that from. I mean, there. You know, we just. It just. I feel like it just takes seeing the black eye, and that's. Yep. And that's we. That's what we need to see to know that she's on board with this too, and and because she's. 
I don't, again, it's the and I, I just obviously disagree with Clouseau and the way that uh, uh, Simone was playing the part. But at no point does she seem pushy. She seems no. determined. Like this guy's like we both know this guy sucks. Like we and so and and then and then later and obviously we don't know the twist yet. But when she's like, I didn't tell you to. I I didn't make him drink it. I didn't get the statue. Like there's oh, and, yeah. and it's just subtle enough to be like you are in this too. And I, I again, it's just the. Basically, and I think I think if we don't get there soon, I'm going to bring it up. But uh, this the, the movie is so so tightly constructed until a certain person at the morgue shows up, and uh, and then it's like what? <laughs> yeah, we can I mean, get there now. I think the the retired commissioner who just you know. He had to be there for the end, and we had to see that this guy just does what he wants. Maybe there's subtler ways to do this than him just kind of overhearing something than just getting in a taxi. Like, it was very bizarre. And if the ending didn't end the way it ended, I think it would have been a disaster. Could have been a disaster. I'm just going to come out and say it. I think he sucks. Um <laughs> I truly, truly hate that character. I think he is so useless. And him showing up out of the freaking darkness at the end to say, oh, that how did you do it? Whatever he said. I didn't even write it down. because it's I 10 to 15. I absolutely hated everything about that. And that 30 seconds almost ruined the movie for me. I was like, why, why did we have to have this in here? Because it is set up so well to just have him come out of the darkness like a freaking weasel and be like, oh. But he's a creep, I, so it works. I didn't come and save her from getting, you know, like having a heart attack, but I figured it out. You know, like, no, screw him. He sucks. And, I wish he was not in this movie. And it's, you know, I, and, and I mean, the character in and of itself is very weird. Like just the- Hate him. The performance- the, it, it it's it's off putting, but I'm it's so funny because I don't think I'm against the idea. Like, it, it, it to me this is a real simple fix. Like, Vera is having second thoughts. Have her call the police and then yep. and then have have him show up. Have him just be a goddamn yeah. detective. The like the strange old man waiting at the morgue was just it was so. Oh, I don't. Yeah, it was okay. weird. And I, I think the way it pull, came around, like, I'm okay because of everything, but, like, there's better ways to introduce it that makes more speed. I was like, what, what is this guy? When he just, like, bullying her into the cab, I was like, what, like, what is the point of this person? And, you know, I was almost thinking, and it kind of, then I started thinking it was going to go, I was like, how this is going to be, like, stupid. I, I think it works because I think he would be the type who's just kind of lingering and watching because, you know... I think giving him credit that he figured anything out, I think he was in the right place at the right time and heard it. I really, (laughs) really hate his character, and I wish he wasn't in this movie. It's so weird. To be completely honest, I can't believe Nicole didn't just try to kill him. I wish that had been the case. I wish Nicole had just pushed him into the empty, slimy pool. Um, Can we for a second... Can we just for a second talk about how unsafe that pool is at that school and how disgusting that pool is? Like, who? Uh, what the hell? What? Fences weren't around pools in the 50s. I, that's true. That's I, true. I, I, also, still. I also just think, and, and this is probably a, 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 bigger, a bigger issue, maybe in France, maybe worldwide, I don't know. 
Um, I I have a strange feeling that the parents of those kids didn't really like their kids all that much. Um, no. Fair. Because that place yes. seemed, that place was a shit show. I mean. Oh, it was rough. Yeah. One of my. And it also uh, was pretty new. It sounded like they opened it like somewhat re within eight years. And it was already pretty decrepit. Like this feels like the kids, their parents couldn't get them to like military schools. So they're like, all right, you know what? Just go here. You're, you're, you're trash. This is my seventh son. I don't want him anymore. I'm just going to send him here. Maybe you'll feed him some rotten fish, which you can basically smell that fish. When she's like, oh, it's topped with onions. I'm like, oh, I already have a lot of weird food aversions. So that was not. Well, and uh, the only student we actually spend time with is a known liar. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> Me too. He's great. But it's it's not like they're like really like giving us like, oh, this is the cream of the crop. It's like, ah, oh, he is he is Jacques. He's a scumbag. He just lies all the time. Also, there's only th four teachers in this whole place. Yeah, only four teachers. And only one of them seems to get through to any of the children. And that is uh, Christina. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's a wonderful teacher. And those children miss out on a perfect education from her. Well, I don't know. Her ghost seems to still be floating around, potentially. <laughs> She's just back. She faked her own death just to teach French to these fucking... These poor delinquents. Was, like, what is, what is... There's no nice way to say this. Like, parents don't want you like a hopeful orphan? Like, what, what do you call the kid? Like, what... I have no idea. Like, it's, it's a shitty thing, but, like, you know, parents don't want them, so they send them there, and, like, they're still, like, responsible for them, but don't want them to be. We just happened to forget that it was the weekend that we were supposed to pick you up. Whoops. Oops. <laughs> My bad. Oops. Thank God what about you can that just one, stay there. What, that one kid, when they were like, oh, where's, oh, the chauffeur will get it. I was like, you, I hope you're at the bottom of that pool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. That kid was awful. Yeah. I mean, all the kids awful. were basically awful in this. But I, I do think... respect the, 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 the strike. Yeah. And the, you know, the potential riot. Like, good for them. Oh. Like, if someone's... Yeah. Yeah, of course. I just... I don't know. This whole... The school... I mean, one cool thing about the school is that, like, Cluzo specifically found a decrepit school that he was like, this is it. This is where I'm going to have my movie, which I think is great. Like, that works. That's awesome. It, it had it had a feel to it like it felt like it, there was nothing fake about it like it felt very lived in which was great and it added to the eeriness and the tension of everything um you know for for a film for a boarding school though man like if you go there and tour that place and you're like yep yep sending my kid there then you, you know, hate like, your kids. especially the principal's the worst guy on earth and he's not like he even hides it so i'm sure during the interviews i'm sure christina has to do the tours because the two guys are pretty much useless clowns asking for why asking permission for wine to then lying and then Mich Michelle's a douche. So you just hope relying that everybody will love Christina the way she deserves. So that that brings up two other things about this movie that I think are really, really interesting. Um, the first being that uh, Christ apparently Christina has the money. This is yeah, she's the money, which and then which which and it's tied to the, the other part of this, which is. I, you know, I kind of forget just because, it, you know, it's 2023 and, and we are who we are that I I forget that divorce was such a oh, my God thing back then. But it, it's 
it's played so earnestly, I feel like, in this film that the idea of like, oh, well, if we get a divorce, it's going to be a fucking scandal. And it's like, oh, God. And, that, and my religion and all this stuff that it, it's it's the maybe one of the most um, realistic uh, versions of watching a marriage not just be like, we're going to get a divorce because of just how improper, you know, and I'm using that in quotes, a d- divorce right, right, was right. back then. It's- well, Christina's reaction to it, like, oh, do you think my students would leave? Like, you could see, like, she'll deal with being unhappy because she loves these throwaways. It's, well, it, this whole film drips Catholic guilt, like, nobody's business. It or is the 50s. It's movies, the 50s, of course. <laughs> this is, that's just what they were. Which I just, I was obsessed with. I was like, I understand this guilt. Oh, my God. Me why too. is it? Yeah, you and me, buddy. Yeah, um, we get it. We very well, Sorry, what is, what is Catholicism? Is, is, what is that? It, guilt. It, it sounds like a it sounds like a like a fancy dish. It, Catholicism, absolutely. It's a I, I, fancy it's dish unleavened of, bread. of fish. <laughs> of just foul. Am I fish. saying that right? Catholic Catholic Catholicism? What is it? Unleavened Unleavened bread. Unleavened bread, guilt and judgment. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't forget the homily. I'm sorry um, to all of our, uh, our 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 religious listeners. I apologize for. I'm not. I'm not. You're allowed to do whatever <laughs> oh, you I'm want. I'm also kidding. I don't. I, I don't. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't, listen, if you don't like that, you. this is the wrong podcast. I don't. I really sorry. Don't we're not saying no. Not, we're not telling you what to do, but you can. We're not wrong either. We're not wrong, especially not when it comes to Catholicism. I guarantee it. Yeah. There's there's 40 years of uh, Catholic school here. It's kind of piggybacking off of the whole, like, Vera has money. So does Nicole. Nicole ha- is the landlord. Oh, yeah. So why are Which they with very Michelle? interesting. <laughs> right. Like, Michelle, the, the, I don't know. She had, the, Nicole, Christina has money from, I assume, family money. Yeah. Uh, right? An assumption. Nicole, that house apartment is awesome. What a really cool place like that rent for the time was probably taking care of the house like whatever she's making here what is michelle bringing to the table except he's the worst principal on earth like what is he bringing to the table i want to hear if you, i want to hear brit's thoughts because I, I i have a response to that but i i, I, oh. I can see brit brim in there i actually don't know i thought about this a lot during the last viewing which was this morning and I really was like, I my assumption is that it was just the 1950s and you literally really can't do much at the time as a female without some type of male companionship. And right, you can't get the credit or whatever ex- for anything. Exactly. So, I yeah. mean, I'm sure Christina would not have been able to open up a school and be the principal of the school. Uh, she she was going to be a teacher and she had to have somebody else with the qualifications to do that. And that just happened to be Michelle. Why Nicole is with Michelle, I have no idea. I, other than maybe she is just awful and found her kindred awful spirit. I, I think I think Nicole is uh, a smoke show and she owns her own property. I think I mean hell yeah, right I mean, hell yeah. And, and I think I mean and then you know I think there's a world because uh, one thing I noticed uh, uh, this is a it, it's a very small scene, but it's when it's when uh, Michelle is taking the train out to to uh, Nicole's place. And he's he's uh, uh he big, he's making some flirty eyes with somebody on the train, and it's like I think I mean at least where I'm at is like there's there's a world where Michelle's gonna kill her next. I mean, he, I mean 
She's just oh, the yeah. next person in line. Like so then like cool, I got the school. Now I got this piece of property. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kill people. I mean, and clearly Then I'll get this dope house. What is he at the very towards the very, very end of the play, what does he say? She was tough, the bitch. Vera has just died, and I was like, oh wow. Like this dude, I mean, this dude is just I mean malevolent. Shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And what? So we, he he's about 34, 36 in this, right? 34. He's my age. 34. All right, so he's 34. They've been together eight years. I gotta think Christina's not his first victim, right? Like, he was in the army. Maybe got a little bloodlust. <laughs> maybe, you know... You know, maybe maybe took down some parents. That's how Christina got some money. You know, we you know, know. Maybe I know. Maybe maybe he was a Nazi sympathizer, and so he's taken oh, a different name. And there you uh, go. so he's married into some wealth, and he's gonna eventually. He's gonna. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole. I there's think a whole this thing is. There. Yeah, that there is a whole um, Nazi subtext to Michelle. I mean, if they don't go, if they don't go to prison, if uh, Alfred doesn't catch them, you know, or stumble upon them. Christina probably has like a year and a half left. Like, you know, you saw him looking around that house. He's like, she owns this? There's tenants? I didn't know any of this. He was just like, all right, that's next. He could. But I also think there is a a part of this story where Nicole turns around and kills him. God, that would be great. That would be my that's version. Awesome. That's my version of this story. Because I got to be honest, when at the end, and I knew Nicole was playing her from the beginning the long con but it feels like such a betrayal when she comes in and kisses michelle i was like i knew you were gonna do this and i still feel offended and upset you hurt me personally nicole i mean i'll just say it simone Signore is my my unsung hero she's the greatest thing about this whole movie and she did not get nearly enough screen time in this and she went through so much to be considered like second fiddle and I just love her more than life itself right now and I fully am behind the idea that she she kills Michelle after this Nicole is the one that comes out on top if they weren't found by French Columbo um (laughs) bumbling in there Alfred man he just I got so mad when I saw him again I was like can we cut Cut everything he's in. He is unnecessary. And if that means they get away with it at the end, that means they get away with that at the end. I would have been fine with that ending, to be perfectly honest. Well, I think that would have been an incredible ending. Because I think I think there's a world where, you know, Vera, uh, not Vera, uh, Vera Clouseau, Christina dies, and they have they they kiss and they whatever, and then we just like we just kind of fade to black at that moment before fuckface comes in and then it's the next and then but then we have the same kind of end scene we have the same end scene because kids are leaving because there's been a fucking death at the school but then the same kid is like no i know what i saw and he goes to time out and then there is still a bit of like oh right there's 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 that ending doesn't totally work right because because you know french colombo great i love that french colombo comes in and just like I've solved the mystery. Um, but if he doesn't, then then the kid going to, to put himself into timeout again, it's more of a, oh, okay. Uh, but he ruins that. <laughs> so I have a question. How do you think he got the slingshot? I... I actually think I think uh, I think oh god I I can't think I know it's Christina and Nicole uh, Michelle God I I think Michelle gave it to him. 
Yeah, I think Michelle. I think he saw Michelle and and maybe I... and, and and given the sorry, I was just given the known the the known hoodlum or liar status of this kid, maybe he intentionally picked the right kid to make the I don't know the scapegoat or whatever. Because he still wanted to kind of throw... They were still trying to mess with her heart, so they needed that as part oh, of the, the gimmick. I so meant I at the end yeah. of the movie, not when he's like, oh, I saw oh, Michelle. My bad, my I, bad. I oh. meant at the end of the movie when they're like, how did you get this back? No, I should have been clearer because there were two scenes revolving around this freaking like slingshot. But at the end, when the teacher's like... What you you know another window's broken. Where did you get that? And he said that he got it from Christina. And then we you know they say Christina died last night. Dun dun dun, um, which we already knew. And there are a lot of people that say like on one hand they're like oh she's a ghost and she gave it to him as a ghost or oh she's actually not dead even though they checked her pulse and she's just pulling a Michelle. Whereas I think she just gave it to him the day before, the day before she died, before she was on bed rest. She probably found the kid and was like here you can have it back. I don't want it. She's in my a good heart anymore. Yeah, that's, yeah. She's that's a good, what I think. Or happened. she, or he went and stole it because he knew he had some uh, lying leverage. I, you know what? And people would. I, 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 I was gonna. So, <laughs> this is one of those things where like this is not important. But uh, so we were watching. I'm gonna give you. This is a little glimpse into the St. John household right now. It'll give me two minutes. So we literally just finished the second season of Barry before hopping on to record this. And we were watching the last episode of season two, and I could hear my youngest feet pitter-patter along this. So we pause it. She comes down, and Sophie goes, uh, Mom, I just want you to know uh, Stella took your concealer, and she's in her room. And I was like, oh, fucking great. And so I'm like, I'm, not even, I'm just I'm going to sit here and not handle this. So Melissa goes, Sophie, go tell your sister to come downstairs. Because we, we know she's taking it, right? We, we, like, so right. Stella comes downstairs, and Melissa goes, Stella, what did you take out of my room? And Stella goes, I took some chapstick because I didn't have what I liked in my room, so I know that you had the watermelon kind. And Melissa goes, where'd you get it? In your drawer. And Melissa goes, I don't keep chapstick in that drawer, and you know that. So tell me, Stella, did you take my concealer? And Stella goes, no. And she goes, Melissa goes, I know if you are lying. And if I go upstairs, I will know if you are lying, so just tell me the truth. And then Stella goes, yeah, I took your concealer. And then, but like, we had to like fucking drag it out of her over concealer. So, so my response is that little fuck is just lying. That's my, I think the kid in this movie is just like, well, I told the truth once. Fuck you. You didn't believe me. I'm lying this time. <laughs> yep. I saw her take it out. I'm lying. That is. That, what are you going to do about it? That is such an interesting reaction, which I think is like a total, like that's obviously what most parents would do when their children <laughs> steal something lawyered but my mother Teresa, um my sister is a self-proclaimed tattletaler and my mom would have to decide is it better that i have a child who's not telling me the truth or a child that's a tattletale and she decided that she didn't want aaron to be a tattletale so whenever aaron would go and just like say britney did this or britney did that my mom would be like it's not your business to tell me that you shouldn't be saying that. So my mom went the opposite route and was like, do not well, tattle I, I should say that this is a real uh, situation by situation because because like Stella taking stuff out of the room, we're going to oh, cite on totally. Sophie. Yeah. But like there are times where, where Sophie will come downstairs and goes, Stella got something out of the fridge. She'd be like, Sophie, leave her alone. What are you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> What'd she get? Uh, she got a juice. Let her fucking have the juice. She can have it. Right, if it's a... 
If it's a beer, it's a problem. If it's or is it not alcoholic? A, Whatever. It's, right. I don't care at that point. Just kidding. I don't have kids. I don't know. Oh. Well, c- c- my son will say, Dad, and I'm like, don't tell him, people. I'm like, I was like, you only tell me if somebody's about to get very hurt or hurt something else. I was like, otherwise, no reason to tell. He says, yep. okay, Daddy. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, okay, real. Okay, I have a real uh, uh, diabolic question for you. Okay. Uh, because so I I thought this was interesting, and you you guys might have might have seen this. Um, but so on IMDb, apparently the Guardian in 2010 created a list not not a, not a ranked list, but the, the 25 greatest horror films of all time, and Diabolique was on that list. And so my my first question is just simply, is this a horror film? And I know that that's that's really ambiguous, and people have different versions of that. But I'm just curious, from where you two are sitting, how do you view it? I went back and forth on it a lot. I think I think the annoying answer it's like a thriller with a horror ending, but yeah, that's uh, it's it's such like an annoying answer and I hate myself for it, but I I just think that's that's it. Because it's so much that the ending is that's a horror ending, her reaction, yes. but it's it but it also it builds tension the entire time. It's very effective. So, I'm not and like I read it getting you know, I saw that at him and I was like, I'm not mad at it. I don't think I would ever call... I think I wouldn't ever call it horror, but I also don't have... I just think it's it's a thriller with the ending. You know, I thought about this a lot as well because I saw that list and I almost brought that list, but I thought, eh, I don't know if I, if I consider this movie a horror. And I do fall very much, Joey, where you do, where I think it's more of a thriller with a horror ending. That being said, could this be considered... The first, like, elevated horror in the idea of something that wouldn't necessarily fall just in the genre of horror, um, but has pretty horrific things happening in it. Because I think it depends on who you ask if it's a horror movie or not, because the, the murder for some people could be like, that is a horror movie. That's not a thriller. That's a horror watching. It's pretty horrific when she just holds his, uh, Michelle's head under the water. Even though Michelle is a f- terrible person, we still see his eyes open. So automatically we think, oh my God, he's conscious. Like it, this has changed the dynamic now. I actually think that I'm going to fall on the side that, yes, this could be considered a horror film. Um, I, I like, yes, I'm going to fall on that, that this could be considered a horror film, just a different type of horror. It's not your normal run-of-the-mill monster mash. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely that. I think I think what, I mean, I, I would call it a thriller, but I what I love, though, is that it, it it's a thriller, but it's stealing all of the horror tropes, which is great. And I think that's almost why it it like excels as a thriller because it's stealing really great things from from movies yeah. that are that would I guess be classified differently in in my opinion. I just I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up because I saw that list and I was like, some of these are re- cle- in my opinion clearly horror films. But then you've got this, you've got Diabolique on here. I'm like, oh well, that's interesting. I mean, that ending. Are we ready to get to the ending? Yes. Cause, yes. God damn. The ending is which is my. I mean, I don't know if it's a scene, but that is my favorite part of the movie. I mean, hot damn! It's this. Yeah, I mean, I actually wrote a question mark. I think it's a scene and just the ending because, like, it's unbelievable when she starts kind of stumbling through the halls. One back to your unsung hero. The camera work is phenomenal, and then to the uh, the reveal, it's just 
here. When he pops the context out, I like react. It's my favorite shot. It's my favorite shot. It is beautiful. It is so it's visceral. Visceral. It's. I think I heard, and it could. I could be wrong, but I heard it's like one of the first times a, like contact lenses yeah. were taken out on screen, and it is so uncomfortable and I'm not a person that gets uncomfortable with eye things like I don't have any problem touching my eyes I can touch other people's eyes it doesn't doesn't bother me at all usually like eye things in movies don't really bother me (laughs) yeah I just touch everybody's eyes that's how that's how I welcome people into my house um I don't ever do that my god uh but when he is just like sticking his finger in to pop those contacts out I feel my stomach start to just churn well, so well there's such a great and again I think I mean I got to give Clouseau credit in, in between Wages of Fear and this but like the tension building so like there's no there's no score right and then there's the there's the fucking clickety clacking of the typewriter and that's and then when it's his name just on it a lot I was like oh, oh fuck oh my god but then what's so great is that it's like we were just talking about the horror thriller thing it's a horror movie when he starts to fucking come out of the bath and then when he pops oh, yeah. out the the contacts, it's like, oh fuck you! And then it's like, and then it totally shifts, and that is such like, and I we've talked about this before, and, but like, I watch movies to have a reaction, and motherfucker, yes. did I have a reaction when that happened? Yeah, hundred percent. Because you know, especially you know, watch so many horror movies, like gonna get numb to things. And I, literally, when 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 he she looked at the typewriter's name, I sat up. When he popped the contacts out, I was like, oh, like I'm reacting to it. I'm feeling everything. And like the, the, and then the shot of her reacting and dying is like, I was just reacting to everything. So effective across the board. I do think it's her best acting moment in the whole movie. I, uh, she, I will say like, I think Vera Clouseau is, is great, but she's not my favorite part of this film. obviously from my my uh continued discussions of Simone but I I do think in that in the final like 10 minutes she she clinches it she does a great job she really sells the end of this film um and when she dies it's really depressing and sad she just falls over and there's that thunk when like her shoulder or head hits the floor it's it is rough, and it's it's hard to have to admit that Michelle might have won. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, 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 oh, it's just so good. I, it was so good, and just how influential it is. Like we said before, and the 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 shot of her like seeing him and holding her chest is just. Oh my God, it's it's so strong. And I don't like I don't want to be weird about it, but the the sounds that she's making as she's clutching her chest are so visceral and just hard to hard to hear. It's astounding. Great job! It was just across the board. They they nailed it. It was everything worked so well. I loved it. I, I mean, it. I don't know about I, I, and Britt, I know that you you said that you kind of had the the ending spoiled for you. Oh, 100 percent. did. Yep. And and Joey, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm curious if you had this thought at all, because because the fucking weird French Columbo is so he's just so weird that when he leaves and when, when we first see the body in the tub, 
my first thought actually was, did this fucking French cop put the like put the body in there? Because like, because everything happens in a way oh. like where like I actually thought, okay, well, I I'm still convinced he's dead. I'm convinced he's dead, and somebody has put the body in here to fuck with her. And because that was my first thought, when he starts moving. Like, I'm kind of going through it right now again. I was like, wait, wait, hold on. What the fuck is happening? Um, which I just got it. I mean, I cannot say enough how much this movie really earned that moment. I mean, it was really, really successful. At no point in time did I think he was alive. Okay. So- at, at zero point. I was... I didn't know. I didn't know if it was one of his buddies begging him for wine. I didn't know if it was the 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 hotel like janitor. I didn't know who it was, but when he did the Undertaker sit up, I my <laughs> mind like exploded. That was incredible. Um, we have the quote of the episode right there. Um, it's a spoiler, though. Uh, damn it! You're right. It is. We'll have to find something else. Um, maybe it's French Columbus. We'll put a spoiler alert. A spoiler yes, alert. Any- yeah, perfect. Well, I think that there's like versions of this that actually spoil it anyways because they'll have like his body on the front cover or something. There, there's no. There's there have been some things that might. Oh, can you can you see the cover of the of the of the case on it's this? Beautiful. It's so oh my! It's that's beautiful. awesome. I would have that in my I- house. I mean, I want that poster. That's amazing. It's so good, yeah. It's the red hand gorgeous. is just, it's stand, wow, it's fucking art. Well, they are caught red-handed, but Hey-o. French Columbo. Um, I was going to say something, and I just don't even remember anymore. French Columbo. This movie's just so good. I, I just, everything about this, though, oh God, the, clo- okay, there's, there is actually one thing that I don't love about this. The way that they styled Simone is incredible. Nicole, everything about her is so cool and French, and I want her sunglasses. I want all of her outfits. I just think she, I'm obsessed with her. They kind of infantize Vera Clouseau. They have her in these braids and a gingham dress when we first meet her that's very reminiscent of, like, Dorothy <laughs> from The Wizard of Oz, and I don't like it. I think it's a little bit a little bit weird. Um, and, and they just, throughout the whole thing, I feel like they infanticize her a little bit, which I guess she's a, she's a very, she's a woman with a chronic illness whose husband is exasper- exacerbating that illness at every single point when we meet him. So I, I'm sure that they were playing that for a reason. But for me, on repeated viewings, I was like, okay, this is a little much. I think, I wish they had toned that back just a bit for me. That's it. I don't know if I... I thought it fit the character. I, I didn't... I, I thought it worked with her. I thought... I thought if she and Nicole were dressed the same way, it would not have fit Christina. Oh, I agree completely. It, it Some of it felt like they were trying to make her really young, though. And she's a young woman, but she's not a child. Yeah, I didn't feel that, to be completely honest. I didn't feel like they were treating her younger. I mean, they made it clear that she was the owner. Like, so I never... I just felt it was just more, she was more focused on other things than all that where Nicole was looking more at. So I, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't have an issue with that at all. I don't think I noticed, but I, I, so I wish, I wish I had more of an input other than just like, (laughs) da, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> it was just something that I, I noticed. Yeah, no, it's fine. Watch, it's, and yeah. I was like, Ugh, I, it's kind of icky to me. But I'm also in that that age of my life where I don't want to be infantized. And, and I think that that's something like nowadays that happens to women a lot, where they treat women a lot like they're younger than they are. Um, so it, it's it's just something that I think is I, not the best. I, I, I'm sure it's, I'm not saying it's not legit. Ooh, no, 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 it's just, no. yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't get that either yeah. from I real, yeah, yeah, I yeah. real world, I real world go through that every day where I, I want to talk to Melissa about students in my class and I have, maybe young women is the right way to say it, but like, they're like, you know, they're 18. And so I don't want to call them girls cause they're not girls, but calling them women also seems like, well, and then I'm like, and then I sit here, I sit there going like, why am I overthinking this? Like, do I, and then I sit there going like, I don't, uh, the, the female students in my class, I'm like, this is stupid. What am I fucking doing? I, 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 and it's not for any other reasons. Like, I, clearly they're, they're women. But sometimes when I say it in my head, I'm like, well, they're not like women who have experienced post, I don't even know. Like, I, this oh, is, yeah, this no, is seriously right. the dumb shit that goes through my mind. As a professor, like I just don't want to say the wrong thing. I, I fair. I don't even know anymore. I I really. So this is the weird shit that goes through my head. Yeah, no, that's legit. Fair. So so absolutely. I definitely don't try to do that to my students, but I feel like inadvertently, inadvertently in the overthinking, it ends up doing it anyway. Yeah. Fuck me, god damn it. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I will say I did not think of that on my own. Um, I listened to this amazing podcast called uh, The Evolution of Horror and on it they did Low Diabolique. So I was like, oh, I've watched this movie plenty of times. Let's see what they have to say. And someone mentioned Vera Clouseau being Dorothy-esque in that. And I went, oh. And then when I rewatched it, I went, oh, that is weird to me. I don't like that at all. So I I do want to put the props out where they should be. That wasn't something that I came up with myself because, you know. We all get ideas from other places, but it still rubbed me the wrong way this last time. But that's neither here nor there. It didn't ruin the movie for me. It's just something that I recognized about the movie this French, last time through. French Columbo ruined the movie. And well, and even that's Every a stretch because he didn't ruin the movie. Pulled it together at the end. He almost but, did. Yeah, but he, he derailed us from perfect. <sighs> derailed from I don't know. Perfection. Him popping out of nowhere still kind of ruins that for me a lot but the rest of it it's on brand with his inappropriate police work it, it yeah I get, that doesn't mean they should do it <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> uh, chilling oh, at the morgue just chilling at the morgue waiting all right so i've done my favorite shot seen an unsung hero and i threw in a favorite line this time um let's go around if if we've missed any from anyone else I think I got all of them in. I do want to say that one of my favorite lines uh, that is like totally irrelevant to the entire plot is when we're with the boys in the like in the the bathroom and they go, it stinks in here. And I wanted to go, you're like 12 unruly, unwashed, like 10 year old boys. It probably smells fucking God awful in there. You're totally right. Um, So in the 50s, (laughs) in the 50s, it probably smelled worse than that rotten fish. Oh God! So that just there was some there was some hard truth to that line. I just wanted to say like yeah yeah. I also like that I can't sleep near Niagara Falls. Those neighbors were kooky. I like them. You know what? I don't blame them for being annoyed because I am a person who goes to bed early. And luckily, our upstairs neighbors now, when they're loud, they're loud during normal hours. 
we had neighbors that would bump music until 3 a.m. and we couldn't figure out where it was coming from. So I can understand. I do find it interesting that they were like below them, right? Because he was like hitting the ground at one point. Usually you don't hear from the top down. So those walls were paper thin. Yeah. The, the, the water system needs yeah, updates. So. Maybe she should use some of that rent to... But, you know, if your landlord is never there and is there for one night, like, shut up and deal with it. Right. Like, also, you haven't Instead paid of having rent. a landlord there every day, now you have this whole house to yourself. Like, shut up, guy. Take a nap tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Though I am that guy. I am that guy that would be like, I'm so annoyed by this right now. And my husband would be like, just go to bed. And I'd be like, I, I can't. I can't go to bed. Five minutes later, I'd be asleep. But out. still. Um, my unsung hero, I didn't do. It should be, um, Vera because she's the best thing in any movie ever. But, um, what I'm going to do is the spoiler alert at the end uh, is amazing. It is. It, it made me so happy because now we're in the days of like fake Twitter film critics who start like joeysblog.com and they're like, oh, I'm in the media. Oh and then God, they Joey. show you how important they are by spoiling every movie the second it comes out. And you have to block things, um, and they're awful. So the the putting a you know the exact thing is see it, be amazed by it, but be quiet about it. I love that so much. I wish that was a more common thing, and I think it was brilliant and just added to everything about this movie. Just nailing it. Perfect. Yeah. No on, notes. On board with that. Amazing. Pick a pick of the episode. Also, can you please have that blog? I, I just want to go to joeysblog.com and have you write like spoilers for movies. Just spoil every movie. It would be incredible. <laughs> I, I am one of those people that I try to pretend that spoilers don't bother me, but it's it's moments like this that spoilers do bother me. Like it's I, I, I find that it sucks that I didn't get to experience this movie without knowing the ending. I still think it was incredible, and I love it so much. It's one of my favorite films. But I wish I had had that experience that that you two had the opportunity to have, and I'm so envious. You know, I had something spoiled for me for a show that I'm I'm watching. Netflix spoiled it for me with a, a with a, a another movie that it told me to watch relating to this series, and I turned to my husband. It's One Piece, like the One Piece like anime, and I turned to my husband and asked him about it, and he goes did they just spoil that for you? And I was like, they did. And I got really upset. So now I think I'm pro not spoiling things. I really do. Because it, damn, it's good to get into a movie and have a twist. Yeah, you know, like normally I don't care, depending. Like, if you if it comes if a movie comes out on Thursday and you're spoiling it on Thursday or Friday, like you're an asshole. Yeah. Fuck but you, if it's man. if it's a, if it's two weeks later, three weeks later, like it's annoying, but whatever. It is what it is. It's out in the world. Well, and I, and um, this is where I think that like the culture of people like us where there are, you know, probably two or three contemporary film podcasts that I listen to. And if the movie comes out and I haven't seen it, and I choose to listen to it. That's on me, right? Yeah. Like I, you know, but yeah, then there's the people on on Twitter who just like blatantly blast like, you know, it's Thursday night and here's the movie and blam. And I'm like, cool, good for you. Right. Like you're a loser. Like you, no one's impressed by you that you talked about it first. You're just 
Like, it's awful. So, like, that... So, like, I care about spoilers in, like, time contexts. So, but what I... I block a lot of things on Twitter. So, like, if there's, like, something coming out that... Even if I'm not going to see it right away, I'll block the word... Like, any keyword about it just so I can try as long as I can to stay away from it. Because, But, like, at some point, you know, this movie, if this was spoiled for me, that's my fault. Like, that's yeah, not... I can't be mad course. about that. And I know you're not mad about it, Brent, no. but, like... So, like... Th- so, that's where... But, like, ne- the Netflix things, like... That's obnoxious. That is a very easy thing to avoid. It was really frustrating because I'm like, I want to say uh, 300-something episodes into this anime, and it's something that happens. It's a 1,000-episode uh, anime so far, um, but it's something that happens in like 450, and I, it's it's a huge spoiler too, and I, I was like, I've been avoiding spoilers for a 1,000, like, episode series, and I was pretty pissed about it, to be perfectly honest. Not as... I was probably more pissed about that than um, I also got hereditary ruined for me on Twitter, like within days of it coming out because somebody spoiler for hereditary, if you haven't seen it, but somebody um, like posted a picture of uh, Charlie's head and I was like, Oh, what the fuck? And so then I just was like, well, I'm not going to watch this movie for a while. And I didn't watch it for a year. And then I watched it. I was like, I love it. Right. Don't worry. Joey'sblog.com will be spoiler free. Uh, no, the month. point of it is that it's got to be all spoilers, Joey, but they should all be, like, incorrect spoilers. That would be funny. The, the worst of the people who are like, spoilers without context, it's like... Yeah, fuck you. Oh, you're such a tryhard. I mean, I guess we should come to our uh, our final question. I feel like we could do something that we've never done before. On the count of three, we all just say if this book should be in... If this film should be in the book, Right. Sure. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, Great. count it down. Okay, so I'm going to ask the question. Joey, Adam, should Le Diabolique be in the book? One, two, three. Yeah. Yes. 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 I mean, just, yeah. I wanted to say no there just to just destroy to the tension, yeah. but I, mean, I couldn't. It's too good. I would have been shocked if you had said no. It wouldn't have been, it would have not have been in earnest. No, and I would have changed it right away. It would have just been but no. This movie is unbelievable. This movie needs to be I, I actually asked like two or three people after I was like, Oh, have you seen it? No. Never really even heard. I was like, watch it, just watch it. And I don't really recommend because you know, but no, I I'm like telling people like, no, watch this. I don't care what else you do. It's yeah. Everybody should watch this movie. You know, this is so if we don't include some of the movies that we did for the rankings uh, you know, and, and this might be, I, I hate to spoil like a, a potential category of something that we talk about on the season four finale, but this, this is probably my discovery of the season. Uh, this is probably oh, yeah. my, the, the, my favorite film of the ones I had no, I had not seen before. And, and it, it's, it's really good. I mean, I really hope people fucking check this out. Cause I, it, it's just so worth your time. It just really is. Yeah, I mean, I this the, um, I love this movie, and I'm gonna. Uh, I'm so happy that this that Brit picked this. I'm so happy, uh, went into it as blind as I did because I don't not always great about that. And yeah, I it's just top notch. I have to agree. This movie is just killer. Watch it if you haven't seen it. Please, hopefully, you're not at the end of the episode if you haven't seen it because we spoiled the hell out of it. But even if you are, watch it because it is worth your time. And I think that's it. 
I think that's it for La Diabolique. Um, so you can you can find us on Twitter and, and Instagram and, and let us know what, what you think about the film. And, and please check it out and let us know. You can listen to us in all the places where you find podcasts. And uh, and coming up next week, uh, we're going to. Uh, we're going to talk about a guy. Uh, his name is William Shakespeare. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, a play that talks about St. Crispin's Day. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about Henry V, the uh, the Lawrence Olivier version. Uh, I will also be watching the Kenneth Branagh version, just for the record. Um, but we are but we will be discussing the Olivier version Um I, I, I'm curious what everybody's context for Shakespeare is. I'm sure there'll be a bigger Shakespeare conversation that probably happen on the episode. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that's what's coming up next time we get together. So until then, I am Adam. I am Britt. And I am Joey. And we will see you for Henry the Fifth.